All right, we're now going to take a look at the sixth out of the seven Haftarot of Nechama, which is this week, Parshat Kitavo, we read Kumi Ori Kiva Oreich. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the series, uh, the Haftarot are all taken from the second half of Yeshayahu, from Perak Mem till the end, which we generally attribute uh, to later Nevi'im, whatever the names might have been, uh, who lived at the time of Shivat Zion. However, and, and I, I pointed this out, the tone of the Nevuot shifts dramatically after Perak Nun and seems to be addressing a community that is already settled in Israel, speaking to the city that's there. And the interesting thing is that as much as we zigzagged around in the first five off the road, we stayed within the first group. And a theme that coursed throughout the first four of those half the road and appeared at least once in every one of them was nechama, consolation. I pointed out last week that it was absolutely absent from the last one. And the last one had an emphasis rather on Amar Hashem. All of the, that all of this is Hashem's words, Hashem's making it true. All five of those haftarot that we covered till this week are all part of the first group in these haftarot, which are addressing a nation that is still in Bavel and needs to be encouraged to come and make Aliyah, move back to Israel. This haftarah and the final one of the set are from the latter part of that section, after Perak Nunvav. This one's Perak Samach. The next one is in Samach Bet through Samach Aleph through Samach Gimel. It's a, it's a longer haftarah. And they, and it clearly seems to be speaking to the people that are actually in Yerushalayim now. So let's look, look through the haftarah and we'll ask the usual questions. We want to make sure that we know what the, what the words mean and try to figure out what the message is, and also where what is its place within the scope of of this whole process of nechama. Kumi ori kiva orech. So come and like embrace the light, because your light has come. And you can already get a theme here of light. God's glory is shining on you. Darkness covers the rest of the world. But God's God will shine on you, and His glory will be seen by you, which immediately presents us as being in opposition to the rest of the world. The rest of the world is, is now suffering through darkness, and the light's going to come on you, which is the inverse of what we read at the beginning of Zechariah, which is from the same time period. In Nevoat Zechariah, Zechariah to be in the first section of Zechariah, is seven visions that he has in one night on the 24th of Shvat. And the first of those visions is he sees different colored horses that are riding, and he goes and asks one of the riders in his vision what he's doing, and he said they've gone throughout the world and have seen that the rest of the world is calm, and in Yehuda things are tumultuous. And he prays to God, God, why is everybody else enjoying and we're having a terrible time? This is giving the opposite perspective. The darkness covers the rest of the world and light shines on B'nai Yisrael. It's the light of Hashem. And he continues with this image. So nations and kings are all going to be attracted to your light. They're going to follow your light. Now, by the way, we saw a very similar pasuk in the second Haftarah. It starts with the same, look around, look in all directions, and you'll see, all of them have come and been gathered to you. 
Now, all the ones that are gathered before are your children. Here, they're your children plus. Who are they? Your sons are coming from a distance. Your daughters are being adopted or being held onto from the side, protected on the side. But notice, as to your even a heart, you're going to see what's happening and you're going to be radiant. It's interesting. Your heart will be afraid, but not afraid, afraid like of the, of the bigness of this. You're going to see, as it were, the sea moving towards you and nations coming, coming in your direction. Which of course could be a source of fear, but you have no reason to fear because now notice that the, the, the theme shifts east for a while. Shivat goyim techasech, bichrein midyan ve'efa hulam So we have hordes of camels are going to cover you, cover the land, and this is an inversion of the nevuah of Yoel with the army of the locusts covering the land. Here, there's going to be a horde of camels covering the land, but for a different purpose. Bichrei midyan ve'efa, the the Choice animals of Midian and Efa, Kulam Mishvayavo. They're going to come from Shva. Now, Shva, as we know, from Makat Shva, is a land somewhere in the Arabian Peninsula that is rich in precious stones. They're going to come with gold. They're going to come with 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 uh, frankincense, with spices, and they're going to sing God's praise. In other words, what are we? What's the vision here? Your children are all coming home, and who's coming home with them? All these other nations are coming, and they're coming with wealth, and they're bringing it to you, they're bringing it to God, which means there's now a reversal of the exile, where not only your children were exiled, but all of your wealth was plundered, and the Goyim took it away. Now they're going to be returning it. Now notice, we mentioned Midian and Efa. We've mentioned Gamalim. The image here is a Yishmael image. We're not done with Yishmael. Kedar is one of the children of Esav. Nevayot is Esav's eldest son, meaning all of these animals that are shepherded by these nomadic tribes are going to come to serve you. How's that? They will all come to glorify the Mizbech. We brought on the Mizbech and glorify the house. So you imagine here, we're not in Babel anymore. There's a house, there's a Mizbeach. And at the Mizbeach, as is described in Haggai, the Mizbeach of this time, is pathetic. The Jews are ignoring it. Look at the first chapter of Malachi. It's it's desecrated in its degradation, and it's being ignored. And now suddenly, not only are your children all going to come, but all the nations are going to come to bring gifts to this Mizbeach. And you're going to turn around and say, who is all these people? They're coming in like clouds. And like doves coming back to their coats. Why? The islands, meaning the people living far away, are going to look to me. The boats that go all the way to Tarshish. Tarshish, of course, we know from Yonah. Tarshish very likely is somewhere near the Gibraltar Straits, the very end of the world as far as they're concerned. The end of the Mediterranean. What are they going to be bringing from the islands, from that far away? Now we've gone away from Yishmael, we've gone west. We've gone east, now we've gone west. 
We've gone land, we've gone sea. They're going to bring your children and they're going to bring their gold and silver with your children. They're bringing it for Hashem um, and as a way of glorifying you. This is a wild nevuah that goes way beyond what we've seen before. These foreigners are going to build your walls. Why is that such a powerful statement? Because think about Sefer Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a cupbearer for the king of Persia who requests leave to come to Israel to help rebuild the walls of Jerusalem because the city is vulnerable. Now, Goim are going to come themselves to build our walls. Their kings are going to serve you. This takes us back to last week's Haftarah. I afflicted you. I punished you when I was angry, but I have compassion when you're in my favor. And of course, remember what we saw last week. The anger is momentary. The favor is forever. And so now the real thing is happening. What you experienced over the last 50, 60, 70 years, that was the anger. That was momentary. What we're seeing now is the real thing, which is my love for you. And as a result, all the nations are going to come to honor you and to honor me. Your gates will be open 24-7, So that all these nations can come in. And by the way, the nations that don't serve you will be lost. This is the one, shall we say, somber note in this whole thing. But it's also part of the picture, which is the na- all the nations are going to recognize you. They're going to come to honor me, but as a result, come to honor you. And any nation that doesn't will be destroyed. This evokes another nivu of Zechariah. If you remember it, it's the Aftarah, the first day of Sukkot. Where God says any nation that does not come to celebrate Sukkot in Yerushalayim, they won't have rain. They'll be destroyed. With a special emphasis there on Egypt. So watch how it goes. And this is evoking Echa. In place of you being, sorry. I skipped a line. Uh, I skipped two lines. The glory of Lebanon is going to come to you, which of course evokes the building of the first Mikdash with all of the cedars coming from Lebanon. These beautiful trees are going to come together. To honor the place of my Mikdash. You know, it's, it's all coming to honor me, but as a result, it's honoring you. The people who's, who are the children of the ones who afflicted you will come. Who are the people who are going to bow to you? The people who beforehand were, were despising you and hurting you. They're going to now bow at your feet. The Karulach they're going to call you the city of God, Sion Kadosh Israel, which means now who's you? And we again see what we've seen before is this conflation of the city and her children into one. You is the children, you is the city. Now here we go to the image from Echa. How does Echa start? Echa Yashvavadad, the city sits alone, bereaving, a widow, no friends. In place of your being, Abandoned and hated, they ain't over, and nobody is coming to visit you. Remember that from Echa? I'm now going to turn you into the pride of the world, Mesos Dor Vador, a place of celebration for generation, generation, 
Think about that if Mesos Kola Aretz in Tehilim Memchet that you say every Monday. V'yanak chalev goyim. You will nurture, as it were, the milk of the nations. V'shod melachim tentinaki. Now, shod here is a play on words because shod means pillaging and shod is also like shod, which means the breast, the teat, in the, the milk image. V'yadat ki ani Adonai Moshiach. Then you will know that I am Hashem who saves you. V'goalecha v'yakov. And again, this tachat that we had in Pasuk Tadvav repeats. Tachat anachoshet avizahav. So where there was bronze in its place, I will be bring gold. Tachat haparzel avikesef. Where there was iron, I'm going to bring silver. Tachat haitzim nechoshet. And in place of the wood, then will come the bronze. The tachat avinim barzel. Notice how things have been switched out. In other words, the things that were bronze, which is middle level, will become now gold. This may be referring to the story of Rechavam. Rechavam, remember, was Shlomo's son. And Rechavam, besides being the one who lost the kingdom, and the split happened in his day, also was pillaged by Shishak, Melech Mitzrayim, who took all of the gold um, shields that were used for ceremonial things for the king, and in place of them, Rechavam replaced them with bronze, much cheaper. Now, what's going to happen? In the place of the bronze, I'll turn into gold. Place of the of the iron will become silver, and now the wood will become bronze, and the rocks will become iron. In other words, everything's going to move up a level. And you, those your officers that are going to be there will all be at peace, and those who are the officers, so we say the overseers, will be acting betzedek, which of course is a condition throughout this whole thing. You have to set up a society that's radically different than the one that I destroyed, because that's why I destroyed them. And therefore, lo od chamas There will never again be the sound of oppression heard in your land. I mean, exploiting the vulnerable. Shod or pillaging in your land. Your walls will be considered salvation. And your gates will be gates of praise because people will be coming to praise you. You won't need your walls up in order to protect you from the enemy. The enemy's not coming. They'll be just there as glory. And your gates will be for praise. Lo yelach on Hashemesh or yomam. Now, I'm going to show you the structure of this. You'll see what's happened. But the sun will no longer be your light during the day. And the moon will no longer be the source of light. God will be your light forever. Right? And this takes us back to a pasuk earlier in Yeshayahu, in the Nevuot of Yeshayahu, of Yerushalayim, of a few hundred years back. It says, The moon and the sun will be ashamed. As if to say, no longer will it be the sun and the moon that are giving light, but Hashem. Right? Your sun will never set. This sun we're talking about. The moon will never become smaller. God will be your eternal light. And your morning will be done. And look how beautifully this ends. And here at Tzadikim, although Tzadikim normally in Tanakh means innocent, here very likely it does mean something more closer to what we mean. Leolam Yeshu Aretz. They will hold the land forever. Why is that so critical here? Because 
they are all going to be tzaddikim, at least in the sense of oave tzedek, and people who act with tzedek. And as a result of them, they're going to inherit the land forever. Dahainu, there's no more galut. Neitzer mata'ai, they are the fruit of my, or the shoot of what I've planted. And it ends with this line, the little one will become major. Elif here either being a thousand or being like a major military unit. The small one will become a great nation. Now, this can be taking us back to Avram. This can be taking us back to Gidon or to Shaul, people who felt I'm not worthy because I'm very small. Or can we talk about the nation of Am Yisrael, who feels they're very small, they're going to become a powerful nation, and it ends with a curious statement. I am Hashem. In its time, I'll speed it up. Which makes it sound like, simple shot, there's a set time that I've set for this to happen, and I'm going to speed things up to make sure I meet that deadline. That's the Haftarah. Beautiful Haftarah. Strange Haftarah. And so I want to show you a couple pieces about that last line, and then we're going to take a look at the at the um, at the structure passage in the Rishalmi Taanit, which is which echoes a passage in Sanhedrin Bavli. Rabbi Acha b'Shem Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. Im zechitem achishana v'imlav biita. In other words, we're looking at the last two words. In its time, I'll speed it up, not as one idea but rather as contradictory ideas, meaning either I'm going to speed it up or else it'll have a set time. So Bishur Levi reconciles it by saying, if you are merited, then I'll speed it up. If not, then it's set time, which means you're going to be redeemed one day, one way or the other. If you merit it, it'll be faster. If not, it'll be in its time. It'll take its course. We have the same thing here also with Alexandri, quoting Bishur Levi, Rami. Bishur Levi identified a contradiction as a fuller form. The same idea. There's yet another piece to this puzzle that we want to see, which, because the entire Haftarah is about one idea enveloped in another idea. And we'll see it in the structure. The idea is that all the nations of the world, or shall we say all the ones that are going to survive, are going to come and honor Hashem, they're going to honor Hashem by being the ones who bring our children home. So instead of us having to come on boats and then jump off the boats and late at night be brought by Mapilim uh, past the British blockade, instead, it'll be the British bringing us in their own boats. And not only that, but bringing their own gold and silver to bring to the Mikdash. I did that as a tip of the hat to the uh, to the Queen. You see in source five. Remember the Psikta de Rav Kahana, which is a fourth century Eretz Yisrael Midrash, is a comprehensive, is, is a comprehensive Midrashic take on all of the 11 special Haftarot. The three we read before Tisha B'Av, the seven we read afterwards, and the one that's read on, on Tzom Gedalia, on Dershu Hashem Bimatso. And, um, and it's, the earliest evidence we have for these Haftarot being somewhat set. Um, on this Haftarah, they, they quote a pasuk earlier in Yishaya, which you could see in source 4, Al-Kain Ba-Urim Kabdu Hashem. Therefore, in the Urim, we have to see what that means, honor Hashem, 
All in the in the nations, in the in the island nations, meaning in the Mediterranean, all those nations should honor Hashem. It's a passage in earlier Yeshayahu, Yeshayahu, Yeshalayim. Okay, what is Urim? So Pshat in Urim, if you take a look in Yeshayahu and look at the commentaries, you'll see it very likely means the plains, P-L-A-I-N-S, like as we say, Ur Kastin. However, the drusha of Urim is that an Ur is a furnace or a light, right? Not a, not light in the sense that that's Ur, but light is in a light of a fire. So watch the Midrash. How do the nations honor? It says, honor Hashem, Ba'urim. How do they honor him? Be'ilein panasaya, with these lights. These panasaya, with these torches. What does that mean? He says, no, they honor them with the two great lights. God created the two great lights. The sun shines, and we make a bracha. What bracha do we make on the sun? Which either means or else So that's how they're honored But by the way, that means that it's not about the nations, it's about Am Yisrael honoring God through blessing him for the lights. No longer does it mean about the nations. Rabbanana Umrim since my light is your light and your light is my light, let's go together and give light to Tzion. Now what happened in this Midrash? The Pasuk itself is about the whole world. The Har Haftarah is about the whole world coming to honor Hashem. And in this Haftarah, it got dwarfed down to Am Yisrael will honor Hashem by saying brachot or by joining with Hashem's light will bring light to Zion. The rest of the world's out of the picture. So I believe that what's happened is we're in 4th century Eretz Yisrael. Reality is the notion that the rest of the world's going to come and bring honor to Hashem and pay homage to Zion is a very distant reality. And so we start small. We'll interpret this as you honor Hashem, you, Am Yisrael, honor Hashem through light, either through blessing God for the lights he created, or by connecting your light to his light and bringing that light to Zion. We'll start with that. But Pshat and Haftarah is much grander than that, much, much bigger. So I'd like to suggest that the Haftarah looks like this. If you look at the opening three lines, which I think is an introduction, you will see that there is a motif that repeats. It repeats seven times here. Or, right, the word or itself shows up three times here. The word zarach throw shows up three times. Um, and, uh, and the word yeira'eh, which is to be seen, shows up. Which means this entire thing is about light. And set off against it is the darkness, which I put in the opposite piece so that the red covered it instead of enlightening it. Notice how the haftarah ends. Suddenly, there's light again. Light envelops this haftarah. Light envelops this message. The light, the sun, the moon that provide light, and all of them take a backseat to the light of Hashem. What's happening in the middle? So in the middle of this 
envelope structure, which is about the light of Hashem coming to Zion, you have this image of the nations coming. Take a look in the first section, which is coming, all these nations coming to Yishalayim from Yishmael, and then Yishmael nations and coming by Camelback. And then in the second half, all coming from the West via sea, which you could argue is, in a sense, Esau. Maybe. But notice, what are both of them doing? You have this green pasuk in the first section, which is they're going to bring their animals to bring them as korbanot on my mizbeach. And in the second section, they're going to be bringing wood in order to glorify my place. In other words, the message to Israel is all of these nations are going to come and honor you. But pay attention. They're not honoring you. They're honoring me. And because you are my light, they're honoring you. But because you're my light. And so the Haftarah begins speaking to this community in Yerushalayim, which in reality is a poor community, is a community where most everybody has stayed behind in Babel, a community where the Mikdash itself is not a magnificent building, and a community which is not even in its own place fully sovereign, and not sovereign at all because they're under Persian rule, saying, embrace the light. The light is coming. Darkness covers the rest of the land, unlike what it seems like, but the light of Hashem is coming to you. And if you look around, you will see all these nations that you think you're under, they're all coming to you because they're coming to me. From east and from west. And God promises, I'm going to raise the specter, raise the wealth image of this city because they're all going to be coming. And I'm going to raise it even further to the point where it won't be the sun and the moon that provide light. It'll be my light providing it forever. Not a light that ever sets. And the promise at the very end actually brings it all together. These two pieces. The small one will be great. And I am Hashem who's going to make this happen in its right time speedily. As we say. Now, what is the undercurrent of all of this? It's right here. The nations that come are all going to say, Karulach Ir Hashem. They're going to say, you're the city of God. So I'll ask you, why would they say that you are the city of God? Because of this. Lo yishama od chamas be'artzeich shod v'ashever b'gvulayich. Be'karat yeshua chomotayich v'sharayich t'hilah. Because the nations are going to see that you have built an, uh, a, a kingdom, you built a country, you built a government that's based on equity, equitable treatment, not equity, equitable treatment, on not exploiting the poor, on making sure that there's no oppression, that you fixed all of the things that broke down that led to this galut. That's going to attract them. And when they come, they're not going to come to pillage like they did the last time. They're come to, going to come to bring gifts. They're going to come to enrich you. And they're going to come and bring your children from a distance. The children who, by the way, have opted not to come, they'll bring them. And they'll say, you need to be here because you guys are the holy city. You guys are the ones who are the standard bearer for the rest of the world. You guys bring the light of God into the world. It's a very powerful haftarah coming towards the conclusion of Nechama to say not only is the Galut over, and not only 
is God going to ensure your safety? And not only is God going to never again um, take his anger out on you like he did, but it's time for you to embrace who you really are. Embrace the greatness of who you are. And to do that, you really just have to do one thing, which is, to listen to my voice. You have to follow the mitzvot, to set up a society that follows those dictates. And then the whole world's going to come around and they're going to want to come to your city and call it Ir HaTzedek, Ir Hashem. And that's the vision of this Haftarah.